in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thought I would start today by telling you the most embarrassing story from my life. Now, you need to know, I, 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 don't, I didn't want to start this way just in order to get a laugh or a, a chuckle or a, like just for a fun way to start a sermon. Uh, hopefully, maybe you, you're already kind of seeing the, the connection or the point of all of it. But I, I think as we go on, it'll become even clearer. And so I, I wanted to tell this really embarrassing story. I was trying to think like, OK, what is that story? What is the most embarrassing story of my life? Well, maybe not like the most embarrassing. I was actually think, trying to think of a story that would be embarrassing, but not one in, in which like my deepest falls, faults and flaws were revealed, right? But one that was just embarrassing enough that would get a little laugh. And so I started going through my life and thinking of all the foolish and silly and just dumb things that I've done. Um, but you know what occurred to me somewhere along the way? Uh, it it kind of hit me that I, I don't have one of these like amazingly embarrassing stories. And uh, the truth is, I was actually kind of disappointed by that and, and surprised by it because uh, it's not as though I haven't done silly or foolish or just downright dumb things, right? I got plenty of those things, right? I have had many of embarrassing moments. So, and so I thought to myself, why don't I have one of these stories that I can point to and, and, and laugh at, right? The, the truth is that I, I think the reason is because I've spent a lot of time and a lot of energy and over the years with lots of experience, I have become awfully good at hiding and covering up those embarrassing parts of my life. Right? It's not that I don't have them. It's not that I haven't done those types of things. Right? I have. And actually, you probably talked to my brothers or even my wife, and they could probably fill you in on some stories. But, but for the most part, I've done a pretty good job of, of covering and hiding myself. Right? So, so that people only see the parts of, them, of, of me that I want them to see, right? That, that people only see in enough to like what they see. And then all the rest, that the parts of me that I'm ashamed of or embarrassed by, right? I close those parts off. I hide it up. I, I cover it up. So again, I've, I've done and made plenty of mistakes. Uh, but maybe, maybe like you, I've, I've trained myself to, to only let in, to only let people see in uh, just enough, just the parts that I want them to see. Again, I think this is something that humans have been doing for a while. I am not you unique in this. Um, I think we all have practice in it. And, uh, and and if you recognize that in yourself, then I think you're in good company in one sense, because again, this, this is something that humans have been doing for a while. And, and it dates back all the way to Adam and Eve, doesn't it? And we read about that today. Uh, we, we read about Adam and Eve in, in their life before they ate the fruit, right? And from the very beginning. And in the very beginning, Adam and Eve, they had it made, didn't they? I mean, they had their own lives as a gift from God. They had each other, husband and wife, partners and helpers, living together in this abundant garden that God had given them, a, a place of uh, abundance and, and bounty and, and goodness where the world was at their fingertips, where they walked and talked with God in, in the cool of the day, where for some inexplicable reason, God had chosen to work through them, uh, uh, making himself partners with them in his creation, right? So that they might extend his creation, tending to the plants and, and naming the examples. I mean, they had everything. And then they threw it all the way. 
And it started with Satan, although they couldn't blame Satan for their mistakes, right? It started when he, when Satan came to them in, in the form of the serpent. And he, and he started with a, a quote from God's own mouth, right? A misquote, to be sure. But not a big blatant misquote, because that would have gotten Adam and Eve's attention and, and maybe gotten Satan dismissed, but just a slight little misquote. Did you catch it? Satan comes to them and says, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree of the garden? It's just a one word little difference because God had said that they could not eat from one tree in the garden, right? All the rest were there. There was just one he didn't want them to eat. But, but Satan just slightly twists the words, right? Did God really say you couldn't eat from any tree? And yet that one slight little word made all the difference in the world. But, but by misquoting God, he had planted a little bit of doubt in their minds, gotten the, them to question God's goodness and graciousness towards them. Uh, Satan's next tactic is probably another familiar one to us, and, and that is he goes from the slight misquotation to just a, a bold-faced lie, right? Because God had said if they ate from that one tree that they would most certainly die. But here comes Satan, and he says, you're not going to die, <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound crazy that you would eat a piece of fruit and die? That doesn't make sense. And what kind of God is that that would work in, in that way? So don't believe God, right? Don't trust his clear and certain word, you will not die. That's the second tactic, right? Moving from a slight misquotation to a, just a, a straightforward lie. And his final tactic then is to kind of dangle a carrot in front of them, to lay before them this temptation that all of us have fallen for. And that is that Satan tempts them with, with wanting to be like God. Eat the fruit, he says, and you'll be like God. Isn't that what you want? Eat the fruit and, and you'll be the boss now, right? You'll be Lord. You'll be the one calling the shots, setting your own rules. No one will be telling you what to do. You'll be doing what you want, when you want. So eat the fruit and you'll be like God. And Adam and Eve fall for it. And they eat the fruit. And so do we. <laughs> We're not all that different from Adam and Eve, are we? We have received so much from God, so much grace. Uh, God has given us our lives, and, and he's poured out blessings up, upon us. And, and he wants to work through us. He wants a relationship with us, and, and he wants to partner with us in, in his kingdom. And yet you and I have fallen for, for those same tactics of Satan, right? We've heard Satan whisper in our ears, just slightly twisting God's truth. Sometimes just lying to us, bold-faced lies, and then tempting us so that we would want to be like God, call our own shots and make our own rules, right? We've heard Satan say things like, uh, it, it's, it's not really that big of a deal to lie. Did God really say you can never tell a lie? I mean, sometimes you need to lie to get yourself out of a situation that lying can bring about good. So why wouldn't you want to do it? And and who's God to tell you that you can't, right? You're your own boss. You can set your own rules and, and agenda. You can chart your own path. You too can be like God. Like Adam and Eve, we've, we've fallen for it. And we can't blame Satan, but we've been there too. Now for Adam and Eve, uh, this created something in them. It created embarrassment. Right? Once they recognized what they did, once they were aware of their sin, they were embarrassed by it. They looked at themselves and they didn't like what they saw all of a sudden. Now they saw their, their warts and their wrinkles. They, they saw that they had perfection and that they had thrown it away. And so they run. 
and they hide they jump behind some trees they sew together some fig leaves all in an attempt to cover up their sin right in their embarrassment they think that they can hide from god and and, and cover it up and it sounds crazy to think that they could do that right but we do the same thing all of the time i mean think about all of the ways that we try to cover up our true selves or or hide away the bad things that we've done or run away from our sin and the problems we've created, right? We do it all the time. We do it through our careers sometimes. If, if we can just rise up far enough in our careers, then then we'll lead these impressive lives. We, we do it through the, the cars that we drive or the clothes that we wear, trying to project certain images that will impress people. And, and we think if we can't act the part, then we can at least look the part. We try to craft these resumes with awards and, and degrees and good deeds done, volunteer hours, right? If, if, if we can just talk and, and, and share all the good things that we've done, then people will think we're a, a good person. Uh, sometimes we lie, we cheat, we steal in order to hide away the bad parts of us. We do the same thing. We run, we cover, we hide. Sometimes we do these things to, to hide from God. That's never really possible, though. Sometimes we do it to hide from other people. That I think we can do for a while. Uh, we've all seen examples of it. Sometimes, though, we do these things to hide from ourselves. We try to cover up our sin so that we don't see it because we don't like to see it. Again, you can, you can run and cover up and, and hide from other people, from yourselves, but not from God. When Adam and Eve ran behind the tree and sowed the fig leaves, God knew where they were. And he had seen what they had done. There was no use hiding from them. But to me, that just makes what, what he does next all that much more full of grace and mercy and kindness. See, we didn't read about it today, but a little bit later on, God actually sews some animal skins together and gives them to Adam and Eve as clothes. And that seems like maybe an interesting thing to do, but I think he does it because he's meeting them where they are. He knows that they're embarrassed. He knows that now they're, they're filled with this guilt and shame, and he knows that they've run from him and, and hid from him and covered themselves up from him. And he doesn't want that, right? He wants a relationship with them, and he doesn't want anything that will get in the way from that. And so he is willing to, to provide for them these animal skins so that they won't live embarrassment and, and guilt and shame, so that they won't run away. He wants them to approach him with confidence and boldness and joy. And so he meets them where they're at, and, and he fashions these, these clothes for them so that the relationship can continue because he loves them with an unending love. And dear friends, God has done the same for you. Uh, the New Testament will tell us, Paul in par particular will, will teach us that by faith we are clothed in Christ. Now that's an interesting little phrase, isn't it? To be clothed with Christ. And we should probably spend just a minute talking about what that means. And you see, I think what it means is that by faith, and, and faith is just a relationship of trust, right? A relationship of trusting in God, giving ourselves over to him. Within that relationship, God has wrapped his son Jesus around us, right? Like wrapped his arms around us. And, and we are so tightly united to Jesus now that, that his perfection and his righteousness and his holiness and his grace and his mercy and his love are, are wrapped all around us so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin and all the bad things, our warts and our wrinkles. He sees a perfect, holy, beloved, grace-filled child of God. 
And what God wants is that when you look at you and when I look at me, that we would see the same, that we wouldn't be embarrassed, that we wouldn't just see our guilt and our shame and our sin, but that we would see Jesus and we would see that we are the recipients of his unending grace and mercy, that we now, because of our faith in Jesus, are perfect, holy, righteous, beloved, beautiful children of God. That's who we are. And God wants to continue that relationship. He wants us to approach him, not with embarrassment, not running away, not hiding, not covering up our, our mistakes as if that were possible, but approaching him wrapped in Christ, full of confident joy. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, actually when I was in college, uh, I was getting ready to graduate and I had one last requirement and that was a, a fine arts requirement. And this is one I've been putting off for a while uh, because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to have to take some sort of acting class. That was one way I could fulfill the requirement. I wasn't too comfortable in my own skin, so I was kind of embarrassed to take that. But I was also embarrassed to take some sort of drawing class. I wasn't very good, and I, I would have been embarrassed to have anyone see my artwork. Now, what's interesting about that is that at one point in my life, I loved art. I took drawing classes as a kid, uh, drew my own cartoons and comic books. I loved it, but somewhere along the way, I realized that I wasn't very good. <laughs> and I became embarrassed to draw or, or make any art, so I just hadn't for years. Uh, but now here I was, and I had to take this fine arts requirement, so I signed up for the most basic drawing class I could. I told myself, I just got to get through it, right? I'll do it. No one will have to see it except for the teacher. And, and that's okay. Uh, so I took the class, it was finally over. I was so relieved that it was behind me. But, but then one day I got a call from the art department and they were telling me that the teacher loved my artwork and she wanted it shown in the university art show. But you know what, I, I had told myself so many times that I wasn't good at art and that I was an embarrassment that when I got the phone call, I said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I am not gonna have anyone else see my art. I thought that was the end of it, but a few weeks later I got another phone call and here they were again saying, you know what, um, have you had some time to maybe rethink this? We really would like to show your art. Your teacher liked uh, some of your pieces and would like them matted and framed and, and put in the show. And once again though, right, I had been telling myself for so long that I wasn't good, that I was an embarrassment, that I said thanks, but no thanks. Now I tell you that story not to brag and boast about my art skill because truth is I still have a hard time believing that anyone would have wanted those pieces in the show. I, I tell you that though because I, I think the same thing happens to us in our walk with Jesus. That, that we have told ourselves for, for so long that we're an embarrassment. Uh, that, that we have so much to, to feel shameful and guilty about. That we have a hard time believing that, that Christ would wrap himself around us and that God would see us as his perfect, holy, righteous, beautiful, beloved child. But that's how God sees you, by faith. You are clothed in Christ and he sees you in all the beauty of Jesus and he wants you to see you that way too. So dear friends, I, I pray that we would stop trying to hide and cover ourselves up. It's no way to live. And to be honest, it doesn't work. <laughs> so instead, let us in faith remember who God has made us. Let's remember that we are clothed in Christ, that God wants a relationship with us, and that like Adam and Eve, he wants to continue to partner with us. And he's given us the uniform 
So let's put it on and get to work. Dear friends, you are clothed with Christ. May we leave embarrassment and guilt and shame behind and rejoice in all that we have in Jesus. In his name.